Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into today's show, and it will be a a big one today as we kind of put a bow on the game against Alabama as the Rebels fall to the Crimson Tide, 42-21, and uh, really didn't feel that close. It was pretty dominating by Alabama and head coach Nick Saban. Uh, apologize once again. It, it's a little late in the week for the show. Uh, I have been under the weather really for the last couple of weeks. So finally feel so much better. And, you know, we look forward to this game against Arkansas. And I think, quite frankly, the biggest game in, in Lane Kiffin's career. And, and, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic by saying that because with everything at stake, with the amount of pressure on Lane Kiffin and this team, you could look at this game, specifically the outcome of this game, going multiple directions depending on the outcome. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, and we get into the latter part of the show as we kind of preview the Arkansas game coming up in a couple of days. As it stands, we'll kind of kind of put a recap on this Alabama game in which Nick Saban kind of, you know, out-schemed Blaine Kiffin. And the Alabama Crimson Tide was just, just better than Ole Miss. And the question is, is how does Ole Miss bounce back, bounce back from that? Um, I think they'll bounce, bounce back well. The problem is injuries. We'll get into injuries on the, in, in, in the second segment of the show as well. That's something Ole Miss is going to have to overcome. A lot of adversity. You've got an Arkansas team that comes in here. I don't think they're as talented as Ole Miss, but honestly they may be playing better than Ole Miss right now. I think they played a tougher schedule. How beat up are the Razorbacks? We'll get into all of it here in just a moment here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for being part of the show. Uh, a lot of you have reached out via text or via Twitter or via the uh, Believe in Ole Miss uh, Twitter account. We encourage all of you to please follow that account if you uh, if you enjoy the show. Also follow the Believe in Ole Miss podcast account on Twitter. It's been a great run, and I'm so grateful for the Believe in, uh, the Believe Podcast Network for, for reaching out to me and, and helping uh, kind of grow this podcast. And we kind of grew it from scratch, and it's got a lot of growth potential. But we're so excited uh, for what we've been able to do so far. We're excited about the future. Have any questions, you can always shoot me a direct message on Twitter. That's at uh, BradLoganCOTE. Or you can always uh, shoot me an email at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com. Let's take a time out. When we come back, we'll kind of put a bow on the Alabama game and then look forward to this all-important Arkansas game right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. 
a major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Second down and 11 with the 26. Luke back to throw. He's looking. He's firing long in the end zone. He's got a man there. It is caught. Touchdown, Vincent Brownlee. Good snap. There's the punt. End over end. Brownlee is going to take it at the 11. Heads to the far side. The 15, 20. Has a crack to the 25, 30, 35, 40. He may go to the 45, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Bye-bye, baby. Vincent Brownlee with the touchdown. First and goal from the five. Ten seconds. Nine seconds. Grovey takes the snap. Option to the near side. Makes the pitch to Dickerson. He's hit at the two and hit at the one and stopped. He didn't get in. Two seconds. One second. It's over. Oh, my goodness. It's over. What a tremendous hit at the one-yard line as Dickerson was diving toward the end zone. Godwin and Mitchell hit him at the one. He stayed in bounds. I thought Dickerson was going in on a second effort. And what a game that was. I know a lot of folks remember where they were uh, when they were here David Kellum. At that point, David was working with can't remember who the color analyst was. I want to say it was one of Billy Brewer's uh, sons. And at that point, uh, Tom Stocker was the play-by-play announcer for the Ole Miss Football Network. He, tur- he took over for Stan Torgerson. That was David's. I want to say David took over the following year in 1990 as play-by-play announcer. I don't think Tom stayed maybe a year or two. I uh, didn't stay very long. So it was a great call by David, though. I thought he uh, encapsulated the game well. It was a big game by Vincent Brownlee. He had uh, had a number of, of, of uh, reception yards that day. And Tom Luke, of course, was a quarterback and color analyst alongside a play-by-play voice. Chuck Barrett and uh, Gino Bell, of course, their sideline reporter, a really good uh, call. Uh, if you like the radio calls of different teams, the Arkansas Razorback Sports Network is one of my favorites. So uh, Chuck Barrett does a great job. But Gino uh, – I'm sorry um, – Quinn Grovey now, of course, is uh, took the place of Keith Jackson as the color analyst role in the Arkansas Razorback Sports Network. Anyway, turns around, hands it to Ron Dickerson, who it, it <laughs> coached under uh, Houston Utt under this Ole Miss staff uh, for a couple of years. Turn around and, uh, and and he hands it to 
to him, and he scoots around the left side. Chauncey Godwin, uh, native of Tupelo, Mississippi, and, and, and played well for the Ole Miss football team in the late 80s and early 90s. And then, of course, Chris Mitchell from Town Creek, Alabama. I'll never forget that name. Uh, I had a chance to go through Town Creek not long ago, and, of course, the first thing I said was, Town Creek, Alabama. My wife looked at me, and my children thought it was crazy. They said, somebody must be from here. And I said, yeah, it's uh, Chris Mitchell. I can't remember what the grocery list is, but tell me the starting lineup for the 1990 Ole Miss football team, and here we go. Uh, and uh, another big win. But we'll get a hold uh, – we'll talk about the uh, the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks and the game coming up on Saturday after we uh, kind of put a bow in the Alabama game, and it was one in which the Crimson Tide took a really quick start, a really quick lead, and, of course, they win the game 42-21. to I think there are a couple of things we'll need to call out and maybe kind of bring your attention to, I think more than anything, when you go down at halftime 28 to nothing, uh, there's not a, a whole lot of positives you can say. But I do think that, you know, seeing what Ole Miss was able to do in the second half, and I get it, it was against a lot of the, the backups that, that, that Alabama had, but at the end of the day, you were able to secure uh, some points in, in, in the latter part of the game. A couple of things that aren't going to show up on the stat sheet I think we need to really uh, kind of hit on is how Ole Miss was able to drive the length of the field when they took the football to open the game. Go the length of the field, get all the way down to inside the 10-yard line and can't score. And, and, and head coach Lane Kiffin, as we'll hear from him in just a moment, kind of talked about how, sure, I mean, there's probably some questions to be asked about where was Snoop Connor? And I thought Yancey Porter of, of Rebels 247 or – the 247 site that covers Ole Miss, Ole Miss Spirit, asked a pretty good question and asked where was Snoop Connor, and this is what a head coach Lane Kiffin had to say. That's a great question, and we talk about that. You know, you give up a lot when you sub because now they can bring in bigger people. You know, they can get aligned, and, um, you know, over time we've been really good in those situations. That was discouraging when they stopped us in short yardage, you know. Um and I even got discouraged why we threw later on another one. You know, unfortunately, you don't get to look at the tape right at that time to realize, hey, there's one thing that that happens on it. Not only is it a first down, that stop, you know, on the first is the touchdown, you know, and the guy makes an unbelievable play on it. Um, so, you know, that's why you wish you, you could see the replays to know that. And we really should have kept running it in short yardage. And, of course, that was head coach Lane Kiffin. The Rebels were two of five on fourth down, and obviously those three that they missed are glaring. Uh, so that's something we'll have to, to kind of take a look at, specifically going forward as the Rebels get ready to face an, uh, an Arkansas team that's, uh, to be honest, they're going to run it. They're going to run it as much as they can. They've been pretty open about that. That's what they've been able to do over the last couple of weeks. One person that uh, did not contribute to the loss, that's uh, quarterback Matt Corral. Oh, Matt had a really good game. And I think more than anything is the interception number is still zero. He had an opportunity to throw the ball down the field many times into coverage because he was running for his life. It was probably the worst game. And I think probably Nick Broker and Jeremy James will tell you that they've had as Rebels. They were pretty much dominated along with that interior front. We've learned that Caleb Warren is probably not going to play. That's going to put more pressure on that guard position. We'll see who steps up. But uh, other injury news while we're talking about it, Jaron Ely is in concussion protocol. David Johnson of 24-7 Sports has reported that he is likely uh, not to play. So that is another injury to be looking out for. Jake Springer's out, uh, not 
probably not going to play. Jaron Mingo, uh, Jonathan Mingo, sorry, is dealing with a foot injury similar to what DK Metcalf had. He's probably going to be out for a, a significant period of time, at least to, through the month of October. And it's just, it's been a lot. It's been a lot that Ole Miss is having to go through from an injury standpoint. But uh, kind of back to the game in and of itself, Matt Corral played really well. And he's going to have to find uh, find someone across that offensive front to, to get him some time to throw the football. It was a day in which uh, we didn't see a lot of Snoop Connor. And, you know, we've kind of already addressed that. Snoop, four carries, 12 yards, had that one score late in the game. Matt uh, had uh, 10 carries, only three yards because of the sacks, but he did have a rushing touchdown. Henry Parrish led all carries, uh, led all rushers with 11 carries for 47 yards. And then Jaron Ely, really no success whatsoever. Nine carries, 16 yards. Very well could be because he was injured during the game, uh, as we noted before, uh, as David Johnson is reporting that he is in concussion protocol. So that is something to watch. Through the air, Ole Miss, like we said, 21 of 29 for Matt Corral. It was a nice day for Chase Rogers. The first time we've seen the tight end really emerge this season since the loss of Kenny Yaboa to the NFL. But Chase Rogers had a nice game, led all uh, receivers in yards with three catches for 53 yards and had the one touchdown in the end zone. That actual touchdown was a pretty big deal for Matt Corral. He still stays in the running with, I think it's Chad Kelly and Eli Manning for consecutive games with a touchdown pass. So, Dontario Drummond had four catches for 43 yards. And uh, after that, it was Jaden Jackson had a pretty good game, four catches. Uh, Braden Sanders, two catches. Henry Parrish, three out of the backfield. And Snoop Connor with two out of the backfield. Like I said, a lot of that happened in the second half when Alabama had their reserves in the game. And it was a game in which it was pretty much dominated by the Crimson Tide. I, I thought that uh, Bryce Young had an incredible game. Ole Miss could not stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't do anything defensively. And I, I, that's something they're going to have to address on Saturday because, like uh, I said earlier in the, in, the, in the broadcast or earlier in the podcast, this is the biggest game in Lane Kiffin's career, and it's going to make or break the season. I feel pretty strongly saying that. Bryce Young, 20 of 26, 241, two touchdowns, had the one interception. Spectacular night for Bryce Young. We, we uh, They said that Brian Robinson Jr. was going to – Go and Chris uh, Stewart said on the podcast last week that should Ole Miss been Mercer, uh, he would have played last week. Well, it was obvious he was ready to go. 36 carries, 171 yards, four touchdowns. Ole Miss couldn't stop him. Ole Miss didn't have an answer. And that's DJ Dirk and his crew. Is going, they're going to have to do something defensively uh, to stop this Arkansas offense. And we'll talk about the Razorbacks here in just a moment. And defensively for the Crimson Tide, I mean, my gosh, DeMarco Hallam's 11 tackles. He was everywhere. And Henry Toatua, it seemed like he was on every single play with 10 tackles. And you had Jordan Battle, Will Anderson Jr. They have a really good defense. And, and you know, I thought maybe with the turnover across that offensive line, maybe some turnover on defense, they wouldn't be as good. Well, I was wrong. You know, history, you know, kind of proves to, to really take care of itself. And it did this past Saturday. The Rebels were led by Otis Reese, had a pretty big day, 11 tackles. And then you had Chance Campbell, who had a big day, too, 10 tackles. But unfortunately, a lot of those tackles came after the Alabama running back, Brian Robinson, was 5, 10, 15 yards past the line of scrimmage. And it was a, it was a tough day for Ole Miss as they fall. And now 3-1, and 0-1 of the conference. Alabama goes to 5-0 and 2-0 and in the conference. Alabama will take Texas A&M, a team that, beat, uh, that lost to Mississippi State over the weekend. They're kind of going backwards in College Station. So, uh, the question, a lot of question marks out in College Station. But for the Rebels, they now turn their attention towards the Arkansas Razorbacks. 
This game kicking off at 11 o'clock on ESPN, and, and a lot of people are kind of fretting at this game. But I think if you see, and, uh, you know, David Johnson and I had a chance to, to talk about this, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, and it's essentially a game that leads right in or game day, ESPN College James Bay leads right into this. So it is a ratings bonanza. I mean, ESPN loves this thing because it makes them so much money. Now, from a fan standpoint, it's 11 o'clock, and I know it's going to be about 85 degrees uh, in Vaught-Hemingway on Saturday. So the temperature may not be great, but for a ad revenue standpoint, I mean, they've got Joe Tessitore. Uh, I think – who is the other guy? Greg McElroy will be on color, and then Katie George will be the sideline reporter. It's a good crew. It's a big, big game for ESPN, that 11 o'clock game. If you look at what Fox is doing, ABC is doing, a lot of the other big-time networks, this 12 o'clock game, Eastern, or 11 o'clock Central, is a big, big money producer. So uh, Ole Miss is getting kind of a prime spot. may not be a prime spot for fans, but it's definitely a prime spot in the eyes of ESPN. This game kicking off, like we said, at 11 o'clock. Uh, Arkansas comes in with a record of 4-1, and 1-1 one. One one in the conference. Ole Miss 3-1, oh 0-1. Razorbacks, of course, defeated Texas A&M. Rice uh, also defeated Texas and have had a pretty pretty good year. And, it, of course, the one loss coming to the hands of Georgia. Um, and it's been a game in which uh, it was not very close. It was very similar to what Ole Miss faced against uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide last week. It was total domination. They couldn't do anything. I think Georgia even passed for 100 yards. It was Everything was on the ground. It was 37 to nothing. It wasn't even close. But this uh, this series dates back to uh, 1908. It'll be the 68th time this te- these teams have faced. The Razorbacks hold a 36-28-1 lead in the original series. Uh, back to the, the record's around 36-30-1 with Ole Miss with wins in 2012 and 13, of course, being vacated due to the uh, the NCAA mess that they were going through. Kind of weird, this game. Arkansas indicates a 37-27-1 advantage. Uh, they claim a forfeit in the 1914 game that Ole Miss won 13-7, and I'm not quite sure uh, what the, uh, the the reasons are for that, but that is what the, the Razorbacks are claiming. Ole Miss 65-167-2 all-time versus ranked opponents, and uh, Ole Miss's last win over ranked opponent. Of course, everybody remembers that number seven Indiana team they beat 26-20 in the Outback Bowl. Right now, Ole Miss checks in number 17, both the AP top 25 and the coaches poll. And Ole Miss is third in the FBS in total offense, averaging 549 yards per game and fifth in scoring at 44.8 a game. A couple of superlatives for Ole Miss on offense is Matt Corral ranks uh, currently top 10 nationally in total offense at 342.8 yards per game and passing efficiency at 177.3. Responsible for 96 points and uh, yards per attempt is 9.68. Wide receiver Dontario Drummond is third in the SEC with four receiving touchdowns. And the two players we talked about earlier against Alabama, Chance Campbell on defense, 7.2 uh, tackles a game. Otis Reese, 6.8 tackles a game. And Keydron Smith, 6.2 uh, tackles per game, all average six or more tackles per game. And running back Snoop Connor, someone that's not getting the ball near as much as he should, currently sits at 17 career rushing touchdowns. That's just one shy of breaking into the top ten. And I think for Ole Miss – We'll probably see him get the carries a lot more. Number one, because Lane Kiffin pointed out in his press conference that he was not getting the ball enough. But number two, uh, with the injury uh, that David Johnson is reporting, Jaron Ely may not get the carries that we think he might get. So it's going to be the the Henry Perry show along with the Snoop Connor show against this Arkansas Razorback defense. It was also interesting, too. Sam Pittman was a former assistant uh, 
at Georgia under Kirby Smart. He was offensive line coach. And, of course, go over there and give E 37 to nothing, very similar to what Lane Kiffin, um, going to Alabama as an assistant, lost to the Nick Saban 42-21. to So both these programs coming off losses, both these programs coming off a loss with their head coach losing to their former head coach, Sam Pittman. Head coach at Arkansas has a 7-8 uh, and eight career record with the Razorbacks. And, of course, that's including a 4-1 start this year. Last year it was 3-7 and seven against a very difficult SEC-only schedule. So, uh, as we remember, in week two, the Razorbacks defeated a number 16-ranked Mississippi State team on the road last year, 21-14. was the first game that, uh, that Arkansas had won in a number of years under Chad Morris. They never could win any SEC games, snapping a 20-game SEC losing streak. Claimed their first win against a ranked team since November of 2016. So uh, that was something that uh, that Arkansas was able to do. This year, of course, they were able to beat. Uh, we'll, we'll see how good that A&M, A&M team is. Of course, it lost last week to, to the Mississippi State, but they did beat Rice. They also beat uh, the Texas Longhorns, of course, losing to Georgia. Also sprinkled in was a 45-10 to win over Georgia Southern, which gets the Razorbacks 2-4-1. and Taking a look at this Arkansas team, Led by quarterback K.J. Jefferson. He's a quarterback from Sardis, Mississippi, about 30 miles uh, from Oxford. So he's getting to come home and play against the Ole Miss uh, defense that has not been very good against stopping the run, specifically last week. I honestly have questions. Is, is it going to be the defense that shows up against Louisville, against Tulane, against uh, Austin Peay, or is it one that showed up against Alabama? Now, I understand you have to talk about the level of competition, but on the flip side, Ole Miss's defense just did not stop the run. Coming in, they uh, Arkansas is one of the teams in the country with multiple wins against top 15 ranked opponents. And then, like we talked about, redshirt sophomore quarterback K.J. Jefferson. He, he's the leader, completing – he's almost 60% of his passes. He's right now sitting at 909 yards and six touchdowns. And his number one target has been Traylon Burks. He's been the go-to guy with 22 catches for 383 yards and two scores. When they're looking to run the football, they're going to do it with Traylon Smith and Jefferson. Uh, both those guys lead the ground game, 302 and 205 respectively on the ground. And as far as the Razorbacks on the defensive side of the ball, they're allowing 282 yards a game, and that's ninth best uh, mark in the nation. And, of course, Bumper Pool, a name that's been around, seems like, for the last 15 years. He leads this team with 49 tackles. And defensive back Jalen Catalan, one of the best in the country, has done a nice job this year and has two secondary, has two interceptions on the year. Here's what Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman had to say about the upcoming game against Ole Miss. We had to stay on the field. I mean, you can't handcuff KB and say we can't run our offense and we have to take – uh, 40 seconds off the clock every – you can't do that. I mean, that's not what we do. Uh, now, we certainly have proven we can do it against A&M late and against Texas and other teams, Southern Georgia Southern, all those things. But um, we had to stay on the field on offense. We had to make first downs. We had to limit three and outs um, on offense. And uh, I think – you know, uh, running the ball is going to be a big key in this game. And I'd like to, you know, what would be interesting in the chess match between them and us on what they're going to do defensively uh, if we're able to run the ball. If we're not, they're going to line up just like what you see us line up every week and just whip our butt, you know. But if they're not able to do that, then it'll be interesting to see what their adjustments are. And I'm sure it'll be something off the edge uh, in a blitz fashion. 
That was head coach Sam Pittman of uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. This series, we noted earlier, dates all the way back to 1908. Razorbacks holding a 36-28-1 lead. We talked a little bit about how that uh, those are, are kind of broken down. Interesting, interesting looking at uh, Arkansas holds a 17-10 edge since it joined the SEC in 1992. And as we know, four of the last six games between Ole Miss and Arkansas have been decided by four or less points. It's been close. And unfortunately for Ole Miss, Arkansas has had pretty much Ole Miss's number. And I'd like to go back and look at some games from the past. And it all kind of starts for me if you look back in 1982 when the Rebels traveled to Arkansas and faced the, the Razorbacks in Little Rock where they they lost 14-12. to And for a lot of the Ole Miss fans that have been around a while, they'll remember that Ole Miss missed a game-winning field goal to lose that one back in 1982. And since that time, there's been a lot of ups and downs in this rivalry, specifically for Ole Miss. Many remember the 1989 game when John Darnell threw that interception late in the game and the Rebels fell in Jackson in 1989, 24-17 to a really good Arkansas team. I think a lot of people remember, at least me personally, one of the first games I remember in 1990 when the, uh, the Rebels went over to Little Rock and faced the number eight-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. They won that game 21-17, to but it was so cool how they won that game because uh, Chris Mitchell hit at that point. Uh, it was Quinn Groby, the quarterback. We talked about it earlier. Hit Ron Dickerson around the edge. Chauncey Godwin helped out, and Ole Miss came away with a victory and a big win back in 1990. Fast forward to the 2000s, and Eli was actually 1-2 against the Razorbacks. Uh, he did actually beat – or the Rebels did actually beat Arkansas in Oxford 19-7 in 2003. But, of course, everybody remembers the big seven-overtime win back in 2001, Eli's sophomore year in Oxford. 58-56 to was that game, and that's one that would kind of live in infamy for Ole Miss fans. They had to return that trip to Arkansas to Fayetteville in 2002 where they, they fell to the, the Razorbacks 48-28, to a place that Ole Miss just does not play very well. I think they won back in 2000 in Fayetteville, and I don't think they won again until Houston Nutt returned that trip back in 2008 when the Rebels went to Fayetteville and won 23-21. to Had to come back late in the game because I remember uh, they had to kick an on uh, Arkansas kicked an onside kick, got it, and had a chance to win with the game-winning field goal, and Ole Miss was able to come away with a win there in 2008. Following the David Cutcliffe leaving and the hiring of Ed Ogeron, Ed never – sniffed a win against Arkansas. It was it was it was a blowout every year from two thousand five all the way to two thousand seven. But yeah, we talked about two thousand eight game and and of course the Rebels uh played well against the Razorbacks the following year in two thousand nine, beating the Razorbacks thirty to seventeen and Houston Nutt getting another win over uh, over his his uh, Arkansas Razorbacks and the Rebels have then fallen hard times for the next couple of years under the uh, the Houston Nut era as he would eventually move along and then the hiring of Hugh Freeze. 2012, a, a year that I will never forget. I was in New Albany, Mississippi, and welcoming the, the birth of my very first daughter. And uh, I remember the game was October the 27th. That's it. Uh, my, my daughter's uh, was born three days before that on October the 24th in 2012. Well, uh, head coach uh, – Head coach Hugh Freeze took a team over there that had just beaten an Auburn team with Randall Mackey, a quarterback, and really didn't have much of a shot. And the Rebels were able to get a, a, a field goal late in the game to win in Little Rock 30-27. to And the Hugh Freeze era in regards to Arkansas was off and running. Uh, Hugh always uh, had a pretty good team uh, when it comes to facing Arkansas. The following year in 2013, 
The Hogs came back to Oxford. Ole Miss took care of them 34-24. to Fast forward all the way to 2014, and uh, and I think everybody remember that Bo Wallace led team. It was just it was a rainy day, and and Ole Miss went back to Fayetteville and just had another terrible outing, lost 30 to nothing, and that's when kind of the shenanigans began because you start thinking about the crazy games that happened over the last five or six years. 2015, Brett Belima, uh, gosh, that was another insane game, another overtime game in which. Arkansas would end up coming away with a win, one of the few wins under the Brett Belima era, 53-52 to in Oxford. And that was after the the Rebels had played well and had beaten a couple of teams in a row, beat Texas A&M, beat Auburn, and then, of course, lost to that, that Arkansas team. But would have a heck of a run the remaining – uh, the remaining year as LSU came to town and the Rebels beat LSU 38-17. And then Hugh Freeze had one heck of a game plan, one of the best game plans I've ever seen as an Ole Miss coach on the road in Starkville. They beat Mississippi State 38-27 and wasn't even that close. Finished out that year 48-20 to over Oklahoma State in the Sugar Bowl. And, boy, what a year it was in 2015. 2017, another horrible loss to the Arkansas Razorbacks. The Rebels lose when – uh, Arkansas goes for two and wins tw- uh, 38 to 37. Just another, just difficult loss for this Ole Miss team down the stretch. Uh, 2018, Ole Miss would be able to uh, kind of get back on the winning track under Matt Lucas. Everybody remembers that game in, in Little Rock, uh, the first game I've ever been to in War Memorial Stadium, where Ole Miss was able to come back and win 37 to 33. A huge win. Uh, at least one that, that snapped a, a pretty long winning streak for the Razorbacks. And, of course, over the last couple of years, it's been, uh, it's been difficult sledding for the Rebels. But they did win in 2019, 31-17, and, uh, of course, lost in Fayetteville last year, 33-21. And that kind of leads us into the preview for this year. The Rebels, of course, going up against an Arkansas team that uh, Ole Miss had, I think, what, five interceptions? Matt Corral threw five interceptions, seven total uh, turnovers against the Razorbacks last year and oddly enough a chance to win the game late in the game uh just having a chance to to be in a in a ball game like that down that much uh, just says a testament to how hard that team had played last year but on the flip side Lane Kiffin made an interesting comment during the the uh the press availability when he said you know this Razorback team plays hard and if you listen to and watch coach Sam Pittman and, and listen to him when he says turn the damn jukebox on he is a he's a player's coach they love him, and he made the point in his pre in, in whenever he was hired for this job, when he was hired away from Georgia, the number one thing he said was, "This is the best job in America. I'm so honored to be the head coach for the Arkansas Razorbacks, the team in the state of Arkansas." And that's what plays. You play the hits, and he's playing the hits. But I think he genuinely means it, and he has brought a lot of enthusiasm to that program. He's brought winning to that program, and I can assure you, Arkansas will bring everything they have against Ole Miss on Saturday. Ole Miss better be ready. Whatever cobwebs they had, I understand the injuries are an issue. I get it. But the problem is, is Arkansas is going to run the football with K.J. Jefferson and Trayvon Burks. They're going to run it hard. I'm sorry, not Burks. That's receiver. Smith. It's going to be Smith and Jefferson. And the question is, can they stop them? You know, if Ole Miss can limit that running attack from the Arkansas Razorbacks, they have a chance to win. I know this. And the, the good news for Ole Miss fans, they, they can have solace in this that Matt Corral has had this game circle. In the game day segment they did on Matt Corral, he says, what have you been um, – <clears throat> what's been your legacy, your and Lane Kiffin's legacy over the last, you know, year, two years? And he very bluntly said Arkansas. He's had it circle. 
he'll be ready. The question is, will everybody else be ready for this this Ole Miss team? It's 11 o'clock kick right here uh, on ESPN. I should say right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. We'll have the recap for you next week as we preview the Ole Miss team going forward. They've got Tennessee, Auburn, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, LSU. It's a gauntlet. It's a difficult schedule. That's why this game against Arkansas is so, so key for this Ole Miss football team and for head coach Lane Kiffin. Thanks once again, everybody, for downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. It's a pleasure. It's my pleasure to be a part of this uh, Believe Podcast Network as we cover the Ole Miss Rebels in depth as we look forward to recapping the game against the Arkansas Razorbacks next week. Thanks again, everybody. I'm Brad Logan. Happy to be your host here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll see you down the road. You've been listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.